I just begin to worship him because he's been so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Very simple portion of scripture. Can we just stand for the ring of God's word? Amen. Get your last stretch on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. St. Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Here begins the ring of God's word. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. I'll say it again. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. We thank you for this time in your word. Father, as the faces differ, so does the needs in this house today. Father, we thank you that you brought us from near and far to this place to hear from you, Lord. Now, Father, open our ears. Open our hearts that we can hear and receive that what you want to speak to us this morning, God. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus against every distraction right now. I pray that hearts will be alert, minds will be attentive to the voice of the Lord this morning. And that we will give that reasonable response that's due you, Lord God. Our hearts and our lives, oh God. So that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, my Redeemer and strength. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you're sitting down, I just want you to tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, my God is for me. I don't know if they, they heard you. Maybe I need to try somebody else. Get somebody else and say, neighbor, my God is for me. Amen. Now, if this is your first time to the Gathering Church, we are a talkback church. Amen. We're not quiet. Amen. We like to talk. We like to chat. Amen. We like to celebrate the word of God. So, amen. If God is blessing you, amen. You can shout amen. You can say thank you, Lord. Amen. And no one's going to look at you crazy. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, we just like to celebrate his good. But I want you to know that God is for you this morning. God is for you. We just read in the scripture that in order for us to receive the kingdom of God, we must become like a little child. For if we do not have that childlike faith, it's hard for us to grasp and understand the depth of God's love and God's kingdom. I, I think about um, my, my, my little nephew and I look at some of the G kids that are, that, that are here at the gathering church and as I begin to look at them you just see the innocence on their faces. You see the joy. Amen. This is Christmas time and some are getting excited about Santa Claus and some are getting excited about the birth of Christ and all these great things that, that are happening but you see the faith that they have. That childlike faith. And I believe that Jesus was not telling the people of his day for them to be childish, but he wanted them to be childlike. Amen. And so God is calling us, amen, to be childlike, not childish. Paul said, well, I was a child. I, I spoke like a child. I did things like a child. But when I got older, I put away childish things, childish behaviors. Somebody said, grow up. Amen. So we all have to go through a process of maturity. But God wants us to have the attributes, to understand the attributes of God from a perspective of a child. When you tell a child that you love them, they really believe that. They're like, I love you too. I had my niece here just a few nights ago. 
Amen, Dariah, and she, I was pinning on her coat as she was getting ready to go home from the potluck that we had on Thursday. And I said, I love you. And she said, I love you too. And she gave me a big hug and, and a big kiss. And you, you just knew that came from the depths of her heart. There was nothing phony about it. There was no pretense. You know that it was genuine and it was real. And when I told her that I loved her, she felt it from my heart. And she knew that it was real. That was her reason response to say, I love you too. And so that type of innocence, that type of belief, that, that, that type of a pureness in heart that's the type of heart that God wants us to have as his children that when God says that he's going to do something that we need to trust him that he's actually able going that he's actually going to do it when God says that he loves you with an everlasting love you know in your heart that he really loves you with an everlasting love I mean when God says I, I give my son for you we see the proof of him dying on Calvary that is the ultimate act uh, and sacrifice that he gave himself for us so he wants us to have a childlike perspective as it becomes as, as, as it relates to our walk with him see the little child they have no cares in the world parents we're worrying about how we're going to provide for them how we're going to pay their college bill their medical bills come they go through school and we have all these worries and all these concerns about our children but they don't think oh daddy how are we going to pay the bills oh mommy what we going to eat what, what you going to feed me today they just know they're going to be provided for they just know that everything that they need will come to them and that's the type of faith that God wants us to have to know that if his eye is on the sparrow you better show enough believe that his eye is going to be on you is there a witness in the house today amen and so God wants us to have this childlike perspective and the thing is we 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 have to understand that God is God, God is for me that means his goodness God God is with me that means he he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble God forgives me that means that even when I stumble and fall there's grace to restore me amen that's why this church is called a place of grace amen not a place of judgment not a place where people gonna look at you cocked eye like there's something wrong with you amen that you can come broke busted and disgusted but you won't leave the same way you came in Jesus name because this house is a place of grace amen it's not just a favorite song that we sing but we really live it out amen and so God gives us the grace he forgives me and then my God can do anything my God is all-powerful and these are the attributes that God wants us to receive as children of God to know that it's going to be okay to know that he's going to take care of us to know that we don't have to worry we don't have to fret we don't have to have a care in this world we can cast our burdens unto Jesus why because the word of God says he cares for us amen and so today I want to talk about God's goodness amen I want you to I want you to know that God is for you Amen. I want you to know that he is for you. It's one thing, God being with me, but I want you to know there's somebody on your side. There's somebody in the ring who's cheering you on. There's somebody who wants the best for you, and his name is Jesus. Amen. He wants the best for you, and God is for you this morning. He's promised his goodness that he will overshadow you with his goodness today. Amen. Sometimes as children, when we're young, amen, we, 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 we respond to, to good things because people treat us good, people treat us well, people treat us with love, 
people treat us with respect and so we do good. We easily respond to the goodness of others. But sometimes as Christians it's hard for us to respond to the goodness of God because we come into this place where we feel we don't deserve it. We say, Lord, no, no, not me. Mm-mm. Not, not, you see what I did? No. You see how I messed that up? You see how I, I, I did that? No, Lord. No, 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 no. I can't receive your goodness. And we have this sense of false humility. We have this, this sense of, we have this sense, Lord, I'll let you love me this far, but you can't go that deep because it's messed up there. I don't want you to come into that place in, 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 in my life. And so what God's goodness does, God's goodness wants to get in every area of your life. Not just the parts that you have exposed for everyone to see, but the parts that are deep and that are secret that no one else knows about it but you and God. Amen. There's some stuff we'll tell each other, we'll tell our friends, we'll tell our spouses, but there's some things we're going to take with us to the grave. Let the church say amen. Y'all quiet in here, but you know I'm talking right now. There's some stuff you say, I ain't going to tell my sister that one. She ain't going to know about that one. That's between me and God. But you have to also allow God's goodness to shine over those areas of shame as well. <laughs> God's goodness God's goodness when God is for me that means I believe that he loves me when God is for me that 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 means that I receive the love that he has for me that means I receive that unconditional love that this love is not based upon condition this love is not based upon merit this love is not based upon works but this love I receive because God is not just with me he's for me he wants the best for me. You know, I was reading a poem a while ago, and this poem was called Kyle's Poem. Say it was Kyle. And Kyle wrote this poem. And I, one thing I, I love about this poem because sometimes as Christians, we can see things from a backwards perspective. We can see it from a perspective that God does not want us to look at it from. God is saying, I want you to see from this way, but you're looking at it from this way. So I'm, I'm going to read this poem to you. The poem said, God doesn't love me. You can force me to believe God is good. This is the one truth in life. The world is a product of chance. How can I believe that God will use my life? I know with I know with certainty that God has left me. Never again will I say that Christ is risen from the dead. I, now, I, I, I know now more than ever in my life that man, can, that man can save himself. We must realize that it is ignorant to think God answers prayers. Christians declare that without God, this world will fall in, in, into darkness. The world can and will meet my needs. It is a lie to say that God has always been there for me. I now realize that no matter what I do, the truth is, he doesn't love me. How can I presume, presume that God is good? And when you read something like that, it sounds depressing. And it sounds like everything is put on the world to provide. But if you were to read that poem in its proper perspective, you realize that God is good. How can I presume that he doesn't love me? The truth is, no matter what I do, I now realize that God has always been there for me. It is a lie to say that this world can and will meet my needs. Without God, this world will fall into darkness. Christians declare that God answers prayers. We must realize that it is, we must realize that it is ignorant to think man can save himself. 
I now know more than ever in my life that Christ is risen from the dead. Never again will I say that God has left me. I know with certainty God will use my life. How can I believe that the world is a, is, 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 is a product of chance? This is one truth. This is the one truth in life. God is good. You can't force me to believe God doesn't love me. We have to see things from the proper perspective or we'll miss the point of what God is trying to show us. He's trying to show us his goodness. We say God is good. It's a cliche in the church. God is good. And all the time. See, y'all know it. You know it. You know. But what does that really mean? Yeah, we know God is good. But what does it mean when he showers me with his goodness? What does it mean? What does God, what, what, what does it mean? When we say God is good, we're saying that God is for me. He wants the best for me. He wants me to succeed. He wants me to excel. He wants me to advance. He wants me to walk into the greater things that he has in store for me. We must realize that God is for us. Tell your neighbor, God is for you. Yeah, God is for you. God is for you. So there are three things that we must do today, and I'm going to get out of your way. There are three things I, I want to share with you briefly. When we realize that God is for us, or when I realize that God is, is for me, the first thing that I must do is I don't hide from God, but I run to God. I don't hide from God, but I run to God. God asked Adam a wonderful question in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. He said, where are you? Where are you? Now, God was all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's, he, he's, he's an ever-present help. He can be all places at one time. God knew where Adam was. It was a rhetorical question. Where are you? Why are you hiding yourself from me even though I can see you? I know where you are. You're hiding behind that tree with Eve because you're ashamed. But where are you? Where are you? And many times we, we, we find ourselves like Adam. And Adam said, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I hid. And many times as Christians, many times when we fall, we find ourselves running from God instead of running to him. And many times, the reason that we run from God, because we get caught up in what I call habitual sins. <laughs> it's a thing that says, Lord, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm leaving it on the altar today with a pastor pray for me. I'm not going to do that. My, my time with Johnny is over. I'm not going to his house no more. The Saturday night, you're back at Johnny's house. You woke up a Sunday morning. How did I get back in this bed again? And you come to church, you do the cycle all over again. And so after a while, you say, you know what? Let me stop playing myself. Why well, ain't even going to die? I ain't ready to give it up yet. Come on, John. Let's go about our business. And instead of running to God, you hide from him. You see people from the church, hey, we missed you today. We didn't see you. How you been? Well, you know, I've just been a little busy, you know. I can't come to church every Sunday where I want to. But, you know, you're just talking a talk. But you're running. You're running. You're running from him. My bishop should say, I smell the, the smoke off you. You're running. 
you're running you're running you're running instead of facing the fact instead of facing the music many times as Christians we run from God we run from God but if you truly believe that God is for you you would not run from him you would not hide from him but you will run to him you will run to him no matter what the situation might, might be. The Bible says the name of the Lord in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. They're safe there. There's safety in the arms of the Lord. He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God wants us to run to Him. No matter what problems you might be going through this season, this holiday season. And a holiday is a hard time. It's a hard time for some of us during the holidays. For my family, once we get around Thanksgiving, we take a deep breath. And we say, Lord, help us to get through. And then January, we said, Lord, we thank, we thank you for getting us through. Because for my family, a lot of my family goes around the holidays. I don't know if that, that's your experience. There's a lot of deaths that happen in my family around the holidays. I could take, go back to my grandparents. Just People just die. And sometimes the holidays can be depressing for some people. Come on now. Sometimes we have family get together. He's like, oh, God, Uncle Bo is going to be there this year. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to deal with him. And we don't get excited about the holidays. That Christmas spirit goes right out the window. And we just get caught up. And we get caught up in our own little world. And we truly forget what the true meaning of Christmas is about. God sent his son to die for us. To unify us. To build his church. That's why he was sent here for us. To unify us. The spirit of Christmas is about us coming together. It's about us unifying ourselves. Under Jesus Christ. And so, this is not a time for us to hide from God. If you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with habits, first of all, get some help. If you know that you cannot help yourself, then get some help. If you know you can't control it, and whatever it is, you put, you put your name on it. Whatever it is, then get some help. You got brothers, you got sisters, you got pastors, you have ministers, you have leaders in this house. Come on now. There's no reason why we should all be going down together when we can all be rising up together as a body. Amen? Sometimes the enemy comes and he tries to mess with one and a person's just suffering and going through all sorts of pain and hellish issues and stuff like that and they don't cry for help and we wonder, what happened to brother such and such? I haven't seen him for three weeks. But then such as them backslid and left the Lord and no one knew about it. So time in church we just act like we got it all together. We have our polished suits, our makeup, our weave together ladies. Come on now. We got it all together. And we looking like we got like we polished. But we're not. We, we, we give up this, this, this false effect. And we're good at doing it. How you doing, sister? I'm blessed. And how they favor the Lord? How are you doing? You're good. Praise the Lord. And we say all the right cliches. And we know how to work it. But the truth be told, when you go home that night, you're going to be depressed. The truth be told, you, you're still hurting. The truth be told, you've been thinking about taking your life. Come on. The truth be told, you don't like the way you look when you look in the mirror. The truth be told, you find yourself in an abusive situation. 
But you, but you, we're so politic. I gotta keep it together because I'm going to church. The church is not a place for you to keep it together. The church is a hospital. It's a place of healing. It's a place of restoration. It's a place where you're supposed to be changed. It's a place where you're supposed to come broken and leave whole. But if you're afraid to expose it, God can't deal with it. If you're busy keeping yourself, I, I'm all right. I hid. I hid because I was naked and I, I was ashamed. God can't heal you until you reveal it. God wants to heal what you won't reveal. You put a smile on it, put some makeup on it, amen, put a suit on it, put some new shoes on it, amen, and you think that's it, but you're not dealing with the heart of the issue. You're still running from God. I smell smoke. Don't hide from him. Don't play church. We could play it. Say the right song, get the right praise. Hey, we can do it. Yes, we can. And God's not even looking down on us because we're being phony. A whole bunch of emotionalism, but no transformation. Altar jam-packed with people, but people still living, leaving broken and still leaving hurt and still leaving just disgusted because they have not really had true transformation. Because we have not revealed what God really longs to heal. God could not deal with Adam's and Eve's sin issue until they became naked again. Until they removed the thing. See, they try to cover with fig leaves. That's what the scripture says. Fig leaves. But God, God said that cover ain't going to last. He, he, he slew an animal for them to cover them with animal skin. See, what you're trying to cover it with ain't going to last. What happens with leaves when you pull off a branch? It withers up and it, and it dies. Come on now. See, they was trying to reach for something that was just momentary. It seems like it was working. But if, 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 it, if it really was working, then why did they have to hide from God? If they were covered, then they, had no, they should have been in shame. Come on now. You know how we play the church game like we got it okay? And it really ain't okay. Come on now. Be asking people, how you doing? How, how's your prayer life? I told, I told my wife, I said, we're going we gonna to have, I'm going to pop up a Sunday. How you, how's your prayer life this week? Just going to pop up on folk. How you really doing? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I smell smoke. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The only place of safety is in God's arms. The only place of safety is in God's arms. Tell your neighbor, are you safe today? Uh-huh, are you safe today? Amen. When I realize that God is for me, we just said I, I, I don't hide from God, I run to him. Number two is I don't live for God's approval, but from his approval. I don't live for God's approval. I live from his approval. I'm already approved of God, the scripture says. I'm not working so God can say, okay, you're approved, son. You, 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 you did your work so you, you are approved. No, no. You already are approved of God. Show me in the word of God, Pastor. Sure. Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. 
He said, I approved you. You just didn't receive the gift that I've given you. The gift of salvation is not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not about what we've done and our goodness and who we think we are. That's not the gift of God. The gift of God is given to us because of God's grace. We don't deserve God's grace. His grace is his favor. It's his kindness. We preached about favor last week. It's his kindness towards us. That's what God's grace is. So I don't live for God's approval. Yes, I want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant, enter into that rest. But I, 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 I live from his approval. I'm already approved. His stamp is already on me. If he didn't approve me, I wouldn't be a child of God. How can you be a child of God and not be approved? I've already been stamped. I've already been sealed with the Holy Ghost. The scripture says you have been sealed with the Spirit of God. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit already lives inside of you. You already are approved. Tell your neighbor, I'm approved. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about a credit card application. I'm not talking about a student loan, baby. But I am approved. I am approved unto God for good works. I am approved to do his will. He has approved me. You might reject me. You might feel I'm unfit. And there'll be people who will look at you and be like, you really call yourself a Christian? You really go to that church? Who you think you are? I don't have to be approved unto you, but I'm approved unto God. This is not about me. It's about God. It's about what he's done in me. I'm a work in progress, but I'm already approved. Come on, I might slip up sometime. I make some mistakes, but I am approved, baby. Come on, I got the Lord Jesus Christ. He's working on me. He's molding me. He's making me. Come on now. I might stumble. Maybe a word might slip out sometime, but you know what? I get back up and I keep myself going because I am approved unto God. I'm not looking for his approval. I already got his approval. I'm living because of his approval for me. God is for me. He's not against me. I thank God for his approval. If I would not, let me tell you something. If, if I was looking for God's approval, I, I, I wouldn't be pastoring today. I wouldn't. Because when we start this ministry 10 years ago, there are people in their minds who I loved and respected who did not approve me. And if I went by the approval of man, you would, I would never walk into my purpose and my destiny. And there might be some people who, who don't approve you. Forget about what they say. Man can't approve you. Come on. Man can't keep you out of heaven. They can't put you in hell. Come on now. You better know the word of God this morning. Even people who you love and respect, you say, I, I thank God for you. Sometimes it could be parents. Sometimes it could be your best friend. I thank God for you, but I know what God is telling me to do. And I have to do what God is calling me to do. Come on now. And you just have to do it. And they'll, and they'll get the picture later. Come on, see some people are slow, get on the slow bus, they take a while to get there. You're there, right? He's like, in my spirit, I know I'm about to do this. And he's like, you sure you're supposed to do that? Are you really sure? And then you get full of fear, and you then, then also your faith just begins to just dissipate, and then you forget all about what God has said. But when you know that you are approved of God, and then God is for you, the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? When God has approved you, everything that you need will flow. Everything you need will flow. All the resources will begin to flow. When you walk in God's approval, he loves you today. He wants you to know that you are approved. Tell your neighbor, I'm approved. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. You are approved today. You don't have to get it twisted. Just because you stumble, just because you make a mistake, don't mean that God don't approve you. He approved you. He loved you. He knew you was going to mess up before you messed up. Come on. There's grace for your mistakes. Oh, you don't hear me, church, this morning. Even when you stumble, when you fall, there's still grace to pick you back up. There's still grace to turn your life around. There's still grace to shift you. There's still grace to change you. Come on now. He approves you. God approves you. He loves you. He's for you this morning. So when I realize that God is for me, I don't hide from God. I run to him. I, I don't live for God's approval, but, but from. I don't live for God's approval, but from his approval. The last thing I want to talk about is I, I, I don't fear what happens to me because I know God is working in me. <laughs> I do not fear. Oh, this is a hard subject right here. It got quiet in the room. I do not fear what happens to me because I know that God is working in me. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, some things, maybe, kind of something, no, in all things, God works for the good, for the bad, for the, all right, y'all wake here, okay, of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God loves us today, but all things work together for our good, so I don't need to fear what happens to me. And fear is such, it's, 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 the, the, the thing is, the scripture is clear, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and, and, and a sound mind. He's not giving us a spirit of fear. Fear is opposite to faith. Someone actually made an acrostic poem for the word fear, and it said fear was false evidence appearing real. Sometimes we don't sleep at night and we get worried of, over false evidence that appears real. Half the stuff we fear never comes to pass anyway. We just wasted nights of sleep, stressed out, blood pressure high. Come on, just, just, just thinking, oh God, it's going to happen. You feel a little pain in your chest. You say, oh God, I must be dying. And everything just goes wrong. And you just stress yourself up over nothing. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But power of in the summer, some of us are afraid to walk in our true purpose because of fear. I wrestled with the Lord for years about me answering the call to preach his gospel. I didn't want to do it. When I was young, I was born with a speech impediment. That's why sometimes you might hear me stutter now. And I said, Lord, you, it can't be me. Not Arthur. Could be him, could be her, could be her, but not me. You got the wrong one. And God says, no, I got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. I got you. I want you to preach my word. I want you to preach my gospel. I said, Lord, I don't know if you... If you you know, some angel dust up there. I don't know what's going on, Lord. But God, are you sure? And he said, no, I, it's you. I'm, I'm calling you. And I wrestled. And I wrestled. And I wrestled. And, and God just began to deal with my heart. He said, look, 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 look. He said, you're getting too, you're getting too caught up on, on, on your abilities. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Are you available to me? See, we get so caught up, caught up about our abilities 
There are abilities in me that, that have come out now that I haven't known I was in me. There are things that are lying dormant inside of you that you don't know that are there. You are sitting on stuff. There's a gold mine inside of you. Things that you have yet to tap into because you have allowed a spirit of fear to stop you from walking to the God's purpose. And I believe the trick of the enemy is to stop us from walking in our purpose. Because the moment we start walking in our purpose, the moment hell begins to shake. Because the devil sharp don't want you walking in your purpose. Because the moment you walk in your purpose is when you begin to shake up things. And God begins to expand his kingdom because of your life and because of the service that you rendered unto him. So you have to be careful today that I don't fear what happens to me. You have to know that God is working in you. That God is working for your good. God doesn't want bad to happen to you. The question, why do good things happen to bad people? We only stop at the point where it gets bad, but we don't finish the story where it gets better. Come on now. We stop where it's bad. We're like, well, that happened and that's it. No, no, no. God, why are you putting a period where God put a comma? God is not finished yet. And you have to stop putting a period where God has put a comma. God is not through with you yet. So what? That situation didn't work in your favor. So what? So what you stumbled? So what you felt embarrassed? So what? But the story doesn't end there. That's not the end of the book. That might be the end of the chapter. But there's a new chapter coming. Come on, somebody. There's a new year about to come. Come on now. There's a shift that's about to come. There's a change that's about to come. I don't fear what happens to me because I know God is working in me. Tell you anybody, I know God is working in me. Mm, for me to be in church this morning, I know God is working in me. Come on now. Some of you saw that snow last night. Well, I guess I ain't going to church this morning. I was like, guess I ain't come to God's house this morning. But you know, we were partying last night. But we could have come to God in the midst of the storm. Now the storm is over. But I don't know if I'm going to church this morning. It's a little icy outside. But was it icy last night? Was it? Because you know that God is working in you. And that what you run into man, you got to run to ten times more to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Got some witness in the house this morning. So, Lord, I saw that eyes. I said, honey. Ooh, in the flesh. The flesh is saying, go back to bed. Get your bowl of oatmeal. Turn on the television. Watch some BET or something. But in the spirit, I know God is working on me. And the Lord is saying, get your butt out that bed, son, and go to church and preach my word. Come on now. You got to talk to yourself. I'm going to God's house. See, some of us, we suck ourselves up. We did our thoughts suck us out. Stop sucking yourself out of your destiny. Tell out enemy to lie on you and tell you you can't do so. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't feel what happens to me, for God is working in me. Philippians 2.13 said, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. What that means is that God's spirit lives on the inside of you. And when you don't want to do right, he gives, you, he gives you the desire to do right. When you don't want to say the right stuff and you want to say some wrong stuff, come on now. Okay, let me make it plain. When you want to cut somebody out, 
And when you want to say some stuff, you want to tell people where to go and how to get there, it is the Spirit of God on the inside of you that locks your tongue up and says, you know what? God bless you anyhow. You have a good day. Come on now. When someone cuts you off on the freeway and you want to sip them a birdie, you start thinking about the devil, the Holy Ghost, and you say, okay, let me just mind my business. Come on, it's God who wills to do his purpose on the inside of you. He knows you're going to live this Christian life by yourself. You need some help. And he sent his helper, the Holy Ghost. Because him, he's working on you. So I'll tell you, he's working on me. Come on now. Come on now. I might not be what I ought to be, but he's working on me, baby. Come on now. I know, I don't, I, I know you might think I'm the same, but I'm not the same. Don't get it twisted. He's working on me. I am a work in progress. I am a master's original. This is a Picasso over here, baby. He's working on me. He's shifting some stuff at me. I don't have to fear what happens to me because God is working working on the inside of me he's rooting some stuff out he's cutting some stuff off because he's making me better he's making me stronger because i'm gonna go after all that he has for me and i have to be better to get there hallelujah it's god who works in you he's working we don't think he's when you sleep at night he's working Come on now, on your job, he's working. In your finances, he's working. In your health, he's working. God is working on you. Come on now. I don't care if you're in the courtroom. I don't care if you're in the emergency room. I don't care what room you're in. He's working on you. You don't have to walk around in fear. God has given you the strength. He is for you. He is for you. He wants the best for you. Don't fear. He's with you. With man, this approves you. God approves you. When God called me into ministry, I said, Lord, you got the wrong one. When the Lord told me to start this ministry, I wasn't even ordained yet as a pastor. I said, Lord, you said yes. I sat before my bishop. I said, this is what God's called me to do. He said, son, you got my covering. Go. 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 I said, you go. I went and I worked. And I worked and we were faithful. Worked and I worked. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything. Because let me tell you, what God's called you to do something, you, have to, you don't have to wait for a title to do it. Just do it. I was a pastor before I was Pastor Shadwick. It's what he predestined me to do. You have to know that what he's called you to do, he, he already predestined you to do that. To walk into your purpose and your destiny. God gave me a servant's heart to serve people, to love people. I need a title to do that. And as I begin to do the work, the people said, nah, don't go with Shadwick. No, don't go with him. But when God approves you, all the blessings begin to flow. I remember my bishop came to me. He said, God's hand is all over you. And we cannot deny that. And I remember I went through the process. And I look at all that God has done every stage of my life. Because I knew that God was for me. That's what keeps me going. Sometimes man takes a while for him to get there. But with God, you're already there. So just walk in it. What are you waiting for? We always wait for someone to call us out and say, yeah, you're the one right there. Come, do. 
and God said I already called you I already pointed to you you just need to step up and do what I've called you to do I've given you the strength I've given you the courage I've approved you sometimes we we, 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 we are so uh, 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 addicted to we have what I call approval addiction we want everybody else's approval but God has already approved you you don't need nobody else man will approve you one day reject you the next come on but he loves you today. And he wants you to know that he has approved you. He has called you. You don't have to run from him today. You can run to him today. You don't have to live for his approval. He has already approved you today. And you don't have to feel what happens to you. Because you know that he's working in you. Don't worry about it. Bow their heads and close their eyes. As we bring this time of the word to a close. I want to encourage you today. I don't know what your relationship is with the Lord. I don't know what you've been asking him for or what you've been lacking or what you've been needing. That's between you and the Heavenly Father. Was that his mouthpiece this morning? I, I want to challenge you to have that childlike faith to see God to see God from a child's perspective and know that he is for you he wants to shower you with his goodness if that's you this morning I just want you to stand where you are and we're going to pray corporately and we're going to be on our way but I want to agree with you in prayer today and you're saying pastor I, I, I'm hiding and I know that God is calling me to deal with some things that I have not been dealing with lately I need to stop I smell the smoke I need to stop and I need to really give it to him I mean you're working for God's approval if, if I do this then maybe God will bless me we don't work for God's blessings it's either you're blessed or you're not he's called you blessed so the blessings will have to come you don't work for God's blessings God has already approved you maybe you're dealing with that I want you that you approve the God let me pray with you this morning Maybe you walk in the spirit of fear. Just fear of this and fear of that and not knowing. But I want you to know that God is working in you this morning. If that's you, I want to pray with you as well this morning. God is able. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord God, this morning. And Father, I thank you, oh God, for the honesty of you, your sons and your daughters in this house this morning, Lord. Oh God, they feel that pull. They, they hear your voice. They know that it's you that is speaking to them, Lord. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will truly understand that you are such a good God and that you are for them. Father, I pray whatever areas, Lord God, in their life, they need you. And right now, you will go to that area. You will deal with that circumstance. You will deal with that issue, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm asking you right now, oh God, whatever area they've been hiding from you, they will reveal it so you can heal it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray they, they, they will know that they are already approved of God. They've been sealed with the work of the Holy Spirit, oh God. Lord, I thank you that they don't have to live in fear. But they can know 
oh God, that you are working in them, oh God, to do good, to do your purpose, to do your plan, to do your will, Lord. So wherever the circumstances, wherever the struggle is, wherever the sin is, oh God, I pray, oh God, that you would deal with it, oh God, and that you would deliver them and that it will walk in the freedom in which Christ has set them free, God. I'm asking you that you would renew their hearts and renew their minds, Lord God, that they can see things from a greater perspective in your word, oh God. I'm asking today, Lord, that even when they feel weary, even when they feel like giving up, they won't give up. Even when they feel like giving in, they won't give in. Even when they feel like being pulled away, they won't be pulled away. Even when they want to fall, oh God, they can't fall because it's your spirit that's strengthening them that's keeping them that's pursuing them that's pushing them into your perfect will so father i pray your strength upon them today and i pray that you will keep them in jesus name i thank you lord and i praise you if you believe that church say amen this morning come on say amen again